Welcome in, Mikey. We want to have it all. We want stable house prices. We want low inflation. We want lower interest rates. We want, uh, what else do we want, mates? Lambos. <laughs> Lambos. Mikey wants Lambos. We want business growth. We want GDP growth. We want we, it all. We want it all, mate. We want it all. But one thing that we don't seem to have for many people out there is the ability to protect these first home buyers. And I read some recent data and I thought, well, one man that would be able to definitely help me make more sense of this and say, well, what are you seeing was that at the moment, according to the interest.co.nz home loan affordability report in October 2023, home ownership is the most unattainable it has ever been for aspiring first home buyers since they've first started compiling the home loan affordability report since 2004. Yeah. It is cooked. Even though house prices are at the bottom end of the market, have dropped back considerably from the dizzying heights they reached a couple of years ago. How the hell do we make sense of that? And Crazy, how can eh? we give these these aspiring first home buyers? It's some funny hope? that that's the kind of headline you want to see if you're trying to time the market though, eh? That's like a Yeah. That we're buying the blood now. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most unaffordable they've been. Those are the kind of headlines. But yeah, it's interesting, eh? Those um, just quickly, if you want to read the article, interest.co.nz, it'll be under the property section, or if you just search, first home buyers will have trouble finding their happy place if they are average. Oh, that sucks. Cut off the, the rest of the title there, but if you if they have on average incomes, you should be able to find the article. Yeah, it says here, there has been a long-standing rule of thumb in financial circles that to be considered affordable, housing costs whether they be mortgage payments or rent, should be no more than a third of gross income. That doesn't take into account movements in tax and stuff like that. So they're saying here we always use 40% of after-tax pay as the threshold for determining affordability. Instantly, as soon as I read that, I can think of like probably five out of the last 10 to 20 loans that I've done recently where I sit down with people and they say, well, that's your income, so we've still got mine. Oh. So it's pretty normal to be in that space at the moment, so if just I'm honest. wiping out one income. Yeah, if it's a couple. Yeah, I do think that's pretty, seems to be pretty normal. I would say that probably half of the first home buyers that we deal with would be in that 40% of after-tax pay combined going in. Maybe, I'd say between 45 and 50, 52%. I seem to remember a number when I was doing some calculations. So what that basically says is if you're spending more than 30% of your pre-tax income on mm. your mortgage repayments, including interest, I assume? Yeah, it says mortgage, yeah. It says mortgage payments or rent. Okay, yeah. oh, I see, or rent, then that's unaffordable. So 30% of a $70,000 income is basically 21-ish K, right? So 70K times by 0.3 is $21,000. Yeah. So if you're spending more, you're earning seventy grand a year, and if you're spending more than twenty one thousand dollars on your rent or your mortgage, which you, people definitely do, <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, way more. <laughs> now forty percent of after tax, I'm pretty sure seventy k after tax is roughly fifty five k, so that's twenty two thousand dollars, forty percent of that. So it's pretty similar twenty one yeah, yeah, pre, yeah. but yeah, basically as your incomes change, they're obviously doing a metric where they track the the forty percent mm. of after tax. Wow, now, yeah. So this article sort of runs us through the key things that have happened, mate, that help us make sense of this, right? So basically, yes, house prices have come back down, 
so therefore the deposit you need is going to be less. However, interest much, rates, yeah, yeah, interest rates have skyrocketed, haven't they? Yeah, like, we've gone from. Oh, I saw one the other day where we documented the loan in twenty twenty at one point seven four percent interest rate. One point seven four. Yeah, now we're at like seven point, you know, seven percent basically. So big difference. I mean, the running sort of average through that period was two to two and a half percent around that sort of two to three percent range, and now obviously it's doubled plus some. And um, yeah, I think I mean housing prices didn't get cut in half, did they? So yeah, it's interesting. I think the the reason it's super unaffordable is because of that combo. You know, house prices might have come down fifteen or twenty percent. Um, but yeah, we have got still needing big deposits. Yeah, you know, like it's it's very difficult to buy. There's a whole lot of policy in place. It's quite difficult to buy unless you have twenty percent. So that sort of market is pretty dried up at the moment because of the bank policy and regulation stuff. Um, and then, yeah, when you do get the 80% mortgage approved, you're going to pay 7%. And, you know, if, if like the average house is still like a million fifteen or 980 or whatever it is, it's fucking grunty, eh? Yeah. And it's going to soak up a fair bit of your income. And the problem with it is like, if you make... 500 grand a year. Amazing. You look at a house, and you don't want to live in an 800 grand house because you make 500 grand a year. But you start doing the calculations of like, you know, a $1.5 million house, and it starts chewing into your income pretty grunty, eh? And, you know, I've, you look at a million dollar mortgage or a $1.5 million mortgage, and if you've got like a 500 grand income or something like that, the numbers are staggering and then it goes through my head and I'm like that's 30 years yeah I'm doing it <laughs> yeah so you know and I did some numbers on this very quickly recently in a money mail so they're fresh in the mind mate so a 250k income basically is a 1% income in New Zealand yep you get a 180 no you left with $170,000 yep if you had a million dollar loan at 7% there's 70 grand of interest you're now left with 100k net that's not plus the principal payment either. Now you're going to pay the principal. Now you're going to pay your food. Now you're going to pay your fat power. Now you're going to want to do some shit to that place mm. too. Yeah, you're broke. So even on a 1% income to have a million dollar loan, to try mm. and have that fucking house that you're thinking, that's amazing. Why shouldn't I? Should I deserve that? You know, because I'm, I'm, income is massive. And that's what this article's talking about, right? We're doing these numbers live from the studio and recognizing how unaffordable it seems. Now, unaffordable is a bit of a funny word because yeah. you can do it if you want. <laughs> yeah, true. But they're just saying like the on balance, what you need for a deposit, what you need for income, just to go and buy the typical first home buyer home, you know, the combo of all of that is at the highest it's been since 2004. And there's two things. If, like, if you can normally, like historically, that's a good time to buy a house if you want to get gain because you're buying at this weird time when no one can get in there so if you're in a position of strength to buy you can or it's one of the times that you can outsave the housing market e so you can go and work on like getting more income putting more savings away increasing your deposit and having a smaller mortgage when you do decide to do it and therefore your house is becoming cheaper bingo so yeah it's an interesting one eh? I it's 
honestly, when I talk to people when we're doing home loans with them at the moment, they don't give a fuck about this. Yeah. Like this article, when you read it, it's like, oh man, that sounds like it's quite grim. Nope. It's people f- do not care, man. And it's the first question they ask you, how much can I borrow? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Not, hey, what's the unaffordability of this mortgage? No. <laughs> Is this the criteria? No. It's our job to run through that with everyone and we talk about like the differences that you're going from like, this is your rent now, this is the mortgage payment and you get all the bills on top of that. But some people are like, oh shit, yeah, good point. And some are like, yeah, that's sweet. That's the price of owning a home. There's two random things that have come to my mind here because there'll be some first home aspiring, first home buyers listening to this mm-hmm. and someone will be telling them, what are you doing, man? Just buy a house. Mm. What are you fucking waiting for? Why are you wasting your time? Get on the ladder. What are you doing? Give them this data. They're like, this is why I'm struggling to do it. You know, get off my fucking case. Secondly, if you're trying and you feel like it's hard, no wonder. Like, data doesn't lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're in a time where it has been no harder than ever yeah. since 2004. I've collected the data. I'd yeah. imagine if they did the data, if they found it prior to that too, you, it might be even longer. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> so you've got 20 years of recent data and you are the poor bastard that's trying to get in at the worst, like the most unaffordable time. Yeah, it's crazy, eh? Like the first part is saving up like a chunky as deposit, you know, a couple of hundred grand for a, for a million dollar house. And then it's like, oh, that still costs like $1,200 a week on top of that. Let's go through some numbers in here, mate, because I'm always mindful that we live in Auckland, right? So then we think about Auckland numbers, but mm. people... There's a I have of- noticed this been doing... You now I've been down in Christchurch a bit, like, life is better down there, eh? Yeah. In, in certain ways, right? And it's very noticeable, and I think... I notice it in the people, actually, because they don't have these gigantic mortgages piled on top of them, and it's quite affordable, and rent is similar to mortgage and all of this stuff. Like, everything's a bit more balanced there. And they've got a lot of brand new homes down there too, eh? Brand new, no maintenance, more room. Like I went to this development and they're all like three and four bedrooms with double garages on a section. I'm like, what are those? 700? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, sweet. You get like a two bedroom fucking townhouse bolted next to 65 others in Auckland for that. Yeah, I can kind of make sense of it, you know, the why that would make you feel good. Because you've got a mm. brand new home. It's fucking brand new, man. When I got into the housing market in my early life, yeah. you're still living in a shithole with wooden windows and it's fucking got condensation <laughs> yeah. and you're like, why is my asthma still bad? Oh, it must be from when I was a young fella. It's like, yeah. nah, actually, it's just the fact you're not willing to look at... You, you live, live in, in a freezer. Yeah. <laughs> but, mate, at least I was on the ladder, Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... And, uh, and not only that, they have... Like, down there, when we talk to clients down there and stuff, their incomes aren't that far behind what what Auckland first home buyers and stuff are. Uh, a lot of them a lot of the time they're pretty balanced out the same. And, you know, if your mortgage is half the size And you're not getting drilled two hours in traffic a day as well. Yeah, yeah. Or at least an yeah. hour. It's actually a noticeable thing. Hey, so let's look at some of the data they've got in this article. So according to Real Estate Institute of New Zealand, the national lower quartile selling price, so that's the price point at which twenty five percent of sales are below and seventy five percent are above. So that's $599,000 in October this year. So the national lower quartile selling price. So even when we think, okay, talking about million-dollar mortgages or even 800000 and thinking that's unfair on different parts of the country, starting to sort of creep up there when the lower quartile is $600,000 effectively. But that's down from 670000 in November 2021. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, as well, that's just, that's just sales that are moving, right? 
So there would have been way more sales to measure in that November 2021 sure. period. Way now it's more. like, you know, yeah. three times as much. Yeah. <laughs> so that has reduced the amount needed for a 20% deposit from 134000 to 119800 I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> While a 10% deposit has declined from $67,000 to $59,900. we are not even moving the needle here, are we? Over the same period... Interest.co.nz estimates the national combined median after-tax pay for couples aged 25 to 29, assuming both work full-time, has increased from $1,818 a week to $1,990 a week. So up by $172 a week, which is 9.5%. So let's just go simple math. That's $2,000 a week in a combined income for people that are, for a couple, but for between 25 and 29, both working full-time, $104,000 after tax mm. that they have to be able to spend on their mortgage repayments and whatnot. So in the almost two years since the market peak, the cost of homes at the bottom of the market has come down significantly, apparently, which has reduced the amount needed for a deposit, while household incomes for typical first-time buyers have had a reasonable increase, which should have made home ownership more affordable. But of course it hasn't, because rising mortgage interest rates have made sure of that. Between the market peak of November 2021 and now October 2023, the average of the two-year fixed mortgage rates offered by major banks has increased from 4.08% to 7.01, which has had a major impact on affordability. Now, Mikey, you know more about this than I, but it ain't just 7% because you've got to prove yourself at the test rate, right? Yes, test rates at the moment are anywhere from high 8s into the 9% range, 9.5% range. So you have to show the bank that you can afford it. Even though the real rate you're getting is 7, you have to show the bank that after all of your expenses, we add in your expected you know, rates, power, water, yep. maintenance, all of this stuff. Then we go, and you've got to be able to do a 9.5% interest rate on your mortgage. So that means then, if we just go back to those income levels, that it's about a household income of about 104000 Remember before I said 70 grand after tax is roughly fifty five, So that would be 110 after tax. For two people. Yeah. So most people coming to you, are they earning 70 grand plus, both of them? Yeah. So probably like on average, first home buyers sit in like the one where who I deal with, sit in like the 150 to 180 bracket. Together. Combined. Combined. Gross, gross. Gross, yeah. yeah. So they're yeah. both earning roughly 75. Yeah. To, yeah. To, to 75 to, to 90 seems to be like the sweet spot of people buying. Okay. You know, like teachers and stuff, a lot of teachers and stuff get 90 grand now. A lot of nurses get a hundy. Nice. So like that's sort of, it's changed. It wasn't like that. Like pre-COVID, we were doing, you know, 65 to 70K incomes. So that's definitely been a noticeable move. Move quickly, yeah. Well, a 70 grand income in 2020 is roughly an 85k income in 2023. Yeah, and that's but probably what's well, happened to the first home buyers too. That's what you'd need just to be level with inflation, yeah, the, yeah. the basket of goods, yeah. which is obviously very accurate, Mikey, as you know, and has all the things that you <laughs> and I both buy in there and factors in interest rates, of course. No, yeah. it doesn't. So <laughs> we carry on. A first home buyer who had a 20% deposit for a home priced at the national lower quartile price back in November 2021 would have had would have needed a mortgage of 536000 the mortgage repayments on that would have worked out to be about $596 a week at the time. So now to this year, same thing, 20% deposit, you'd need a mortgage of 479200 so it's less. That sounds like quite a decent does, eh? difference, doesn't it? Four, you're like, yeah, yeah sweet. Um, so it's $56,800 less than what was required in November 2021. 
However, the rise in interest rates over that period means the payments on an 80% mortgage would have increased from $596 a week to $736 a week, up an extra $140 a week. And we all know that our interest and mortgage repayments come from out of tax, after tax. Yeah, that's a seven and a half grand a year net number that you needed to to get in there. That's a big number, eh? Yeah. 140 a week is effectively a border. You know, like if you have a flatmate, they're going to be 150 to 200 a week. So Mm. then you're needing a border just to keep the same. Yeah, and make sure they're a border so that you're not having to pay tax on it. Okay? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Remember to use that term, people. Yeah. (laughs) And make sure you're providing their meals, paying their power, and things like that so you can can navigate the New Zealand tax rules. (laughs) Well done. Look into that if you don't know what we're talking about. Um, what else do we have here? So the rise in interest rates means first-time buyers would likely be paying more in mortgage payments now than they were at the market peak, even though houses are cheaper, allowing them to borrow less. Where does this leave first-home buyers? And like you said before, the long-standing uh, rule of thumb. But Just on this, it says here those buyers with a 10% deposit would be even worse off. That's an extra 160 a week in a similar scenario. Now, most first-home buyers are actually in that situation. 10% is? Yeah. Are they? Yeah. yeah. Not. Not 20, 20 centers. That's yeah. a that's anomaly. It's the other way around. So that's an even bigger. That's like eighty three hundred a year net yeah, income wow. increase. So yeah, I think go back to at this stage. You want to go back to the hunting season, and you want to yeah. figure out how you can turn your ten percent into your twenty percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is. I mean, whatever we say on here, we're not going to slow down people from wanting property because I've been doing it as a mortgage broker who relies on it for like four years and I've just got busier. <laughs> yeah. But like this is why it feels a bit shitty and this is why a lot of mortgage brokers have been quiet and a lot of real estate agents have taken a hiding because it's got really unaffordable. My guess for all of this when it started in like January 2022 was house prices are going to fall further than they did and they didn't. Nah, same. I th- so same I thought like Twenty five percent to forty, yeah, it was my thing, and they got to like fifteen to twenty, so I'm miles out. But that would have—that's because my brain was going to. They're going to make them more affordable, so we can like fucking send it again, and it didn't really. Like people just froze up and were like, "No, I'll just wait." My but brain went to people just aren't going to be able to afford to, but they still can. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They still can, but it shows you that technically, by this definition that they use, people mm. can't afford to but they're finding a way to, and they're making sense of paying a high percentage of their income this, it's, to swap it for a house. The amount of loans that are going through is, over the country is still really low, yeah. and the amount of sales that are going through is still really low. So it's not like the housing market's on fire. It just feels like the bottom has passed because there was like a grim period there that was so fucking quiet that uh, I had real estate agents ringing me asking if they could be mortgage brokers. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but I don't think... Um, yeah, I don't think, at the end of the day, these articles like we've talked about it before, if you are going to buy a house, have a read and, and look at why, and, but just do your own personal numbers and figure out what you're comfortable with. This is what I always sit down with people. Like, you know, some people that I meet with, you can tell like there's a couple and one person's really interested in it and the other isn't. Like, you want to sort that out. And then be like okay with the numbers and shit because yeah. you need to be on the same page with it. And then other people have both have jobs that are work from home. They want their own place. 
you know, some people are self-employed and they can write off a little bit of it or whatever it is. Like, everyone's situation is so fucking different. Yeah. It's actually, like, one of the things I really like about my job is, you know, you think of mortgage approvals and mortgage approval where every person has, like, a different scenario. And I think these, kind of like when I was talking on the Economy Pod the other day, this is just generalised economic bullshit. It's do your individual numbers and, and be individual to yourself and choose whether it's something you want to do. Yeah, nice. It's just blanket, right? Yeah. Yeah, and also... You know, as we were talking about before, so there's actually some data in here. The main exception to that is Auckland, where mortgage payments would take up almost half of typical first home buyers' take-home pay, mm. and the Bay of Plenty, where they would eat up almost 42% of take-home pay, a point at which household budgets would be starting to become tight. So with the exception of Auckland and the Bay of Plenty, housing should still be affordable for typical first-time buyers in most of the country, provided they can put together a 20% deposit. It's very hard, though, to put together a 20% deposit. But that's when we start to see people leaning on the mum, uh, bank of mum and dad and like all those sorts of things, right? So, yeah, do, don't do be disheartened by things like this. As always, come back to your own, you know, your own situation and figure out what you may need to do to get yourself in the position to be able to do it. But like you said before, one thing that I would be thinking if I was an aspiring first-time buyer would be, well, I'm competing with less people to buy at the moment because less people can afford it. Yeah. So you can kind of see whether that creates a little bit of that FOMO of like, well, I've got to get in before it turns or whatever turns. I don't even know what that fucking means, but people say these things, <laughs> right? But like, let me read you this comment, mate. Just back that up a little bit. There's a comment on this article and someone says, what to do, what to do. Finally in a position to buy. Bank has just said that they're raising their test rate by 0.25% next week. Sick of waiting on the sidelines. Like, we talk about property in this country like it's a sport. Sick, sick of waiting on the sidelines. Literally two-thirds of my peers in their early 30s working professionals are all looking to get in where they can. Get in. Like, what are you talking about? But this is how we talk about property, right? And we drive this FOMO. Is this the new high base level of salary that can fund these insane mortgages? Always had thought things would unwind to something more, quote, affordable. Now, so did I. <laughs> yeah. But, but it didn't. Yeah, but it didn't. And so then you can see that people are thinking like this. You know, this person's got two-thirds of their peers in their early 30s are all looking to get in when they can. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's why the bottom wasn't lower, right? Because people like could start seeing the value as soon as they came down 10%. Yeah. From like the highs in 2021, which was fucking wild. Man. Yeah, man. It's an interesting one. The old housing market's a funny one, eh? I just... um. I just, because uh, I learn about this stuff all the time and I've been constantly learning about it, you know, all of this affordability stuff for like five years. And because it's my job too, and then when people come and sit down with me, they ask me questions and they want to know about it and that's fair enough. And the true ones that really do well and I see a pattern of it are the ones that, Good, good discipline habits, as in like they've saved good and put effort into it. They earn well, so they're good at their jobs or self-employed and good at creating value. And then they don't overdo it. They come in and they're like, yeah, I say, yeah, you can get a $1.2 million mortgage. And they're like, cool, we'll use 800. And nice. then they pay off their mortgage, not in a 30-year term. They do it in like 15 or 20. And it's just like the opposite of what these comments are saying. Like, needing to rush in and max out and, like, do you not remember 2021? Like, people are hurting. 
Yeah. So instead, they're like hoping that the property falls faster to put themselves in the same position that that person did. Like, try not to replicate that. Be a bit smarter with your finance. But I don't know, man. Yeah, for me, it perplexes me. I would be, if I were one of these people and pretty tight for cash and stuff, I would be fucking shit scared to put myself in the position of having a mortgage knowing how shaky the economy is. Mm. And knowing, I'd just be looking at, because there's a comment in there about housing affordability also ties into the sickness or health of the employment market. Now, if you're or your partner is working in a risky-ish type mm. environment. I Government would, job at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and even some of the banks, for instance, and things, I'd be like, shit, man, I really need to just, I don't know if I need to be rushing some, like what could be the biggest financial decision I ever make in my life? Do you know what I might do? I might rush it in one of the riskiest <laughs> economic times in the world. Yeah. I'm going to, I've got fucking FOMO. <laughs> Is that... But people can't see that logic, eh? This is literally, we're at a time in the world where some of the smartest minds are basically just like disagreeing with what's going to happen with the economy. There's never sort of been more uncertainty, but the certainty of Kiwis of, I need to buy a home as quick as I can, man. I know what's going to happen. It's worse in Australia. It's wild. It is. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a, I mean. Just take a few deep breaths, I reckon, people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like your your pet hate so yeah sorry yeah. <laughs> but, but also one thing you said on a pod ages ago and I kind of think about this too is that let's say this data turns and in six months time it's now not the most unaffordable time and you missed the bottom or the fucking worst time by yeah. you know two thousand dollars yeah yeah seriously like yeah. is it worth all of the sleepless nights the fucking arguments of your partner yeah. they're like <laughs> come on Mikey do this for me right now on a Sunday afternoon yeah I don't know. Just for me, the it, like the lad who wrote in and sold his forever home, binned all the debt because he's like, it's just not worth the stress and I want to clear a mind and then I'm going to be able to produce more. Yeah. It takes a while to get to that period though because we get taught for so long and it's the other way. Yeah. Hey, what a time to be alive, mate. It it's is. It's always fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... um, Man, yeah, I don't know. We also might not be at the bottom of the market yet. Nah. There's a chance that they fall more. You well, know, there's a headline there the other day saying summer sales haven't heated up. Yeah. And quite a big gap between what's being listed and what's being sold, right? Massive, yeah. Yeah. So and, there's there's a weird and weird vibe out there, eh? I think there's like a bit of bit of confidence around from like government and all that, but then it's also like a realization that oh fuck, interest rates are still over seven percent. Mm. And everyone's struggling with that. Yep. And oh shit, it's getting quiet out there. Oh shit, retail's down. Oh shit, fucking, you know, bars and hospital down. Oh shit, freight's down. Yeah. You know, like these are all signs that you know, doesn't fill me with confidence. <laughs> no, I had a client say to me this week, said, mate, I've even tidied up the CV just in case. Yeah. Just getting a jump on it and willing to pull that lever if, if we need to. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that being given as a solution yeah in the last well in six years since we started building yeah these clients yeah yeah. there's been a couple times i've suggested why don't you think about uh (laughs) yeah what what about this as a life choice instead that's this time it's market forces eh yeah i just yeah we're all gonna just have to just dig in with and to to try and 
you know, make sense of the decisions that we've made. I would love houses to be more affordable, to be honest, but it's not how markets work. The other part that's really interesting about this is there's no such thing as like affordable and unaffordable. Yeah, it's the price is determined by if there are buyers mm. and willing sellers. Yeah, and that's what makes the price. It's not affordable or not. It's like if the price is too high and there's no one buying them and someone needs to sell it or is trying to sell it, the price will come down. When that stops, that means buyers have come in and soaked up and become demand, soaked up the supply. That's it. Mm. There's no like, it is, it is, if you think about it deeply, it's kind of manipulated by like interest rates and then, fuck, I said to someone the other day, what do you reckon the house, house prices would be if you couldn't get a mortgage at all? Yeah. And they're like, oh, fuck. I was like, yeah, that'll be like 70 grand or 60 grand or something because you'd have to pay with them cash. Someone mentioned to me this morning, I thought, man, this is really sad if you start thinking about this. They were like, the saddest thing is about a heap of these houses that people pay so much is that they're so old and they're literally like 30 to 70 grand worth of materials. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, don't say that too many times or out loud or think about that too often. (laughs) But it's the land, obviously, right? But Mm. you think, oh, yeah, wow. Like even my place that I used to own, just the... Fuck, it would have been perfect for a, a cold winter to just knock the whole thing down and feed someone's <laughs> fire and go, this will burn pretty well, <laughs> you know? And can I recycle the glass? Yeah. And that would have been it. It would have been done. Crazy, but, eh? But you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for it. It's crazy. But sometimes I scenario plan in my head too. I think, imagine, mate, like if everybody woke up the next day and there was like a, right, there's a 9 a.m. government announcement and everyone's like, oh, shit, okay, tunes in. Hey, uh, surprise, we've doubled the housing supply overnight and we knew how to do it. We just hadn't done it, but we got Elon and Bill Gates to, uh, and BlackRock, BlackRock funded BlackRock. it. BlackRock funded it and the Patriarch sorted it too. Yeah. <laughs> and they just, and you just doubled it. Like, yeah. I wonder what would happen. Eh? Like, would it actually solve all of New Zealand's problems that come back to housing and stuff? I think there'd probably be a shit ton of overseas buyers that like, oh, these are underpriced. We'll stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, yeah, it can't. Still, has to be like a free market housing because it, a certain amount of it is quite personalised. Like when I start looking at houses that I think that I want, and in my brain, like I'm not taking a mortgage, I'm going to drop like fucking five mil or whatever. It's going to be cash that I made. Yeah. But I always look at them and I'm like, I'd probably change that or something. Like if it's that type of house for me, right? Mm. I'm talking about like the house that I'll buy when I'm sussed. Yeah. And I don't think. Yeah, they're quite personalised, so there's always going to be people modifying them and fucking doing shit to them because... Yeah, we love it, right? And it is captivating where people, you know, they look at these, you know, different things of, right, you know, what what would I build? How would I build it? How would I do it? And things like that. And you, you watch these shows and they are pretty awesome to see the way that people, mm. you know, put together the perfect house for themselves and what they want that to look like. Yeah. And then you can sell a TV show on it. It wouldn't work if, if people didn't care about that stuff. You couldn't make a TV show about yeah, it. Yeah, making it. Yeah, yeah. And number go up helps oh, all yeah. that stuff as well, you know, because when you see that something that's worth a million dollars, then two million, then three, whatever, you know, that's an attractive part of it for people. Bloody oath, mate. All right, houses, eh? Gee, we love them. We love them here in the great, <laughs> the land of the long white housing market. <laughs> You're such a prick about this topic. <laughs> Oh, get me out of here. Yeah. We take it off. We take it off.